What's up, world? Isaiah here from Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Jasper, and Theo. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify with new episodes every Friday. We also want to hear from you between episodes, so follow our Instagram at Making It Make Sense IJT or email us at Making It Make Sense with IJT at gmail.com. Now listen up and let's make all the sense. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Making It Make Sense with Isaiah, Jasper, and Theo. And today we're going to be talking about male body image. Woo woo. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal, y'all. Um, so I'm going to like kind of segue over to you guys and then I'll jump in after, um, cause I definitely have some things to say and I'm sure you guys do too. Well, I'm going to segue over to Theo. It's a double segue. Okay. And I'm going to segue over to ba- baby black Jesus. Baby black Jesus. <laughs> Take the wheel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be returning in a couple of years. <laughs> I cannot. Oh, um, so male body image, you know. What does that mean? What does that look like? Because, you know, we normally talk about body image in terms of women. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like for women? Um, I think the definition of male body image can be, you know, just how men are perceived in media and culture, which can be your own personal culture, the greater culture. Mm-hmm. And things of that nature. And I thought that we should talk about this topic as three queer men. And I think all three of us have three different body types. And how the image of being what your ideal male for your body type was. I, I, and I didn't know that I dealt with b- male body images uh, or issues or male positivity uh, until I think maybe when I was 26, 27 years old. I didn't discover that I, for a very long time, had an eating disorder. Oh, my God. Wow. And I, for a very long I've always been a slim, not slim. I've been like a muscular slim guy. Mm-hmm. And I, also because of my eating habits or whatever, I didn't notice that I, you know, I had an eating disorder and that I was purging. Oh, um, I, for a very long time, used to take these detox teas. I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Oh, yeah. Um, since the age of 16 to the age of, <laughs> to the age of 27, 28. I will take these purging teas. And I would purge, purge, purge. Mm. Uh, um, after every meal, every day, I will take these teas. And that's because I, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a good self-image of myself. I wasn't, you know, the, the image that you see here is like, oh, that I was exposed to is like the very muscular, fit kind of guy. And, and in my distorted mind, I didn't think that I fit that image. So I was purging myself for a very long time. Of, for the majority of my 20s, a, a large percentage of my teen years, 
And I and, and and I would mention this to people, and people would just be, "Oh, there goes Theo," because I'm a black man, mm-hmm. and people would just dismiss me and dismiss my experience. Well, there goes Theo having his tea again. Mm-hmm. But if my name was Jane or Tanya, and I was a female, people would have taken me a bit more serious. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. I mean, so I. And uh, you know, I, I go and I see a therapist every uh, once a week. Mm-hmm. And um, through my through therapy and through conversation, when I was being honest about it, because uh, I was trying to achieve like the perfect body, but I don't you know what was the perfect body. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've never been quote unquote fat or overweight or obese. I've always had a fit body, a perfect body for me. Mm-hmm. And through conversations with my therapist, my therapist said, "Theo, you know, you had an eating disorder." And I was like, you know, and I was like, oh, who the fuck are you talking to? I got no fucking eating disorder. <laughs> eating disorder is for girls. I ain't no girl. Right. And then my therapist had to slap me in my face and get me together and tell me, Theo, no, you had an eating disorder. And I think that maybe you should have a conversation with your doctor, your nutritionist, and you should stop taking those teas. Mm-hmm. That was when I was 27, 28. I so I had the conversation with my therapist, with my doctor. We came to the conclusion: yes, you have an eating disorder. And I discovered that after I stopped purging, that I had a bunch of intestinal issues because of those decades of purging. Mm -hmm. And I was putting myself through all this physical basically pain and torture of my body that as recent as I think this year, I finally got my digestive system, my intestines back in order because I, for a very long time, was allowed to purge. I was not allowed, I was not allowed the space and the opportunity to express to the world, to my family, to anyone that I didn't view my image as a boy or a man to be the perfect body. I wanted to be something else and wanted, and I didn't see the perfect body. Mm-hmm. I would see in the in like in the mirror, I would see something totally different. Uh-huh. And I would not I would not see me. And then when I look at those pictures now, I was like, motherfucker, what the fuck were you complaining about? <laughs> and I so you know, I and I now as a 36-year-old man, as a 36-year-old parent. I'm very mindful and I'm um, and to be honest, I still do have an issue with food today. Mm-hmm. I you guys might hear me chewing and might hear me eating, but I eat one meal a day um, because it's very I don't know it's still you know it's still in my head. I'm, I'm eating, but I eat one meal a day. It's a delicious meal. Like you guys just heard me eat. That was my one meal for the day. And so, you know, male body image is a very, is a, is a, I think, and I think it's going to be a issue that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not something that's consuming me like it was before. It wasn't something that was um, hurting me like it was before. I'm, I'm better now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not purging. I haven't purged since I was 27, 28 years old. Oh, okay, now you gentlemen. Sorry to bring the mood down. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, guys, you just you, you set the mood. You set the tone for the episode. So it's perfectly, perfectly 
Yeah. Um, Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So, um, so, uh, I, my, the way my, my male body image is set up, um, starts from when I was very young. Um, there was a relative that made a comment to, um, to my parents, um, saying, it "Just I, I think it was like one of those in passing, like silly, you know." They that's the way they meant it, but it sat with me. Um, but and I hope my hi mom. I hope you don't regret telling me because please don't because I should have known. But um, a relative, I think I was like three years old, and the relative said to my parents, um, "Are you guys feeding him? He looks malnourished." Oh my God. And Black Jesus. I was I was three years old, right? And obviously, you know, mama bear. <laughs> and I don't think the relationship with that relative was the same after that, but um it was it, it was it was it set with me. I don't know why at the time, but it did. And um once my mom told me, but my mom shared, you know, her and I, we were she was sharing things with me very young and I was comprehending them very young. So I think that's why she would share those things with me as well and, and be honest and be transparent. And, um, and I love that relationship. I'm so grateful I had that um, with her. But um, so from that point, um, I just felt like, oh, like I'm, I'm too slim, you know? And there were other relatives that would make comments like that in passing and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, you need to put some meat on those bones or, you know, and things like that. And I would just kind of, I didn't think it was, I was like, well, what's wrong with my body? Like, you know, and so throughout my adolescence, pretty much for the most part, um, I always felt like that even though I loved food, I could just eat and eat and eat. And I wouldn't put like this weight on that, like people were saying that I should put on. And I was just like, well, this is weird. You know, you know, am I supposed to, I'm supposed to gain weight. Like, why am I not gaining like this? You know, it's nothing, nothing medical or anything like that. I just had like an incredible, incredibly high metabolism. And so I've developed a little bit of a complex about it where I went like, okay, well, I know why am I not like buff looking like the, like this guy or that guy, like, or whatever. That's, that's interesting. And then once I got into high school and I kind of saw like everyone had different body shapes, you know, like it, it kind of quelled it a little bit for me, you know, like for some reason I felt like, okay, well, I don't need to be like super buff, but all right, like I can be slender because these guys over here are slender and it's not a big deal. The major issue for me came because that was, that paled really in comparison, but the major issue for me came when I, pretty much when I came out and I got into my twenties and I felt like, okay, well, I should be, I should look like these guys in this magazine, or I should look, you know, I should be toned. I should look, you know, I should have like, like you said, the like the perfect body. I should look, you know, I need to be petite, oh and, petite oh. and, you know, and, and, you know, tight in the right places and, you know, and looking good and all this stuff. And, and I used to like internally shame myself because I was like, okay, well, I don't feel like I look like the other guys. Funny enough, when you brought that up, Theo, like looking back at pictures, 
I was cute as hell, but like, <laughs> like you. What look were at, we looking at? What were we like? There's a, there's a picture I put pulled up the other day, and I was just like, I looked, I looked real good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why, why did I think there was something so wrong with me? Oh wait, let me interrupt you real yeah, quick and give um, uh, a definition. Of uh, your body image is how you think and feel about your body. It does not necessarily reflect what you see in the mirror or what people see. Poor body image can be linked to um, dieting, over-exercising, eating, um, eating disorders, and steroid abuse. And there, there's also body dissatisfaction or a negative body image. This um, can also often result in overwhelming feelings of disappointment, shame, and guilt. It can also lead to unhealthy behaviors such as fab dieting, uh, again, eating disorders, over-exercising, steroids abuse, um, steroid abuse, et cetera. This is very common in us males. Mm -hmm. And from the statistics, it says that 10 to 15% of males um, suffer from bulimia and anorexia. So go ahead, Isaiah. Thank you, Theo, and thank you for those those definitions, Theo. And they're brought to you by dictionary.com. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Miriam Webster. So, uh, <laughs> um, no, but um, you know, and and to kind of add on to what you were saying about you know doing detox teas. So there was even a point, like you know, in my mid to late twenties, where I was, you know, I was using um. There were there were these there were detox teas, but they were like it was this chai venti chai, yeah, very very Starbucks, but like um, it was like a chai ginger spice like mix thing, and you would have like I'd have like three a day, and I would still eat though, like I wouldn't you know I wouldn't not eat, but um, another thing to know about me, I guess, and I don't know, I'm gonna be totally honest about this, I don't know if this relates anything to that to having to do with body image so much as just in the mornings I have like a weird stomach about certain things like sometimes um but I don't eat breakfast during the week actually um my spouse does you know and everything I just don't um like I I did like as obviously as a kid and stuff like that I just I just don't eat like early in the mornings um, and I've never stopped to really think about if that has anything to do with my body image or the way I eat or my relationship with food, or if that's just something I do. I think that would require, actually, I'm going to run that by my therapist, but, um, <laughs> but, um, now come to think of it, but it's just not something I've ever thought about in that vein. Um, I will say, and I will share, like, and I think my husband, like, notices this sometimes, but um, we were talking about earlier, like, like, me knowing my weight like that. So um, about once or twice a week, okay, maybe a little more, maybe, like, three times a week, um, I step on our scale. The funny thing about it, though, is when I speak to friends, I always encourage them to like, okay, don't focus on the number that's on the scale. Focus on how you feel about how you look yourself. Don't get 
you know, fixate and dependent on the number. Like that's not what matters. But for me internally myself, I'll step on the scale and go, ooh, okay. Like, you mm. right? Like I've done that before. Um, and earlier I was saying I plateaued and I'm personally, I'm very happy about that. I think I'm at a very, I, I personally feel like I'm at a very healthy weight. Um, I mean, I do have to jump to get into some of my jeans, but like, that's okay. Like they still button, um, you know? So it's like, it's, it's a very weird experience sometimes just if you think about, or maybe not weird, but it's just really interesting. Like if you think about, you know, the little things that might be triggers to you, you know, like regarding your body image, um, even now, I mean, I'll be totally honest, like, you know, do I look awful without a shirt on, in my opinion? Not awful, but, like, I have work to do, you know what I mean? Like, I'll be, <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what my goal is. My goal is I want to look amazing in a crop top. <laughs> um, you know what I I'll still wear one, but, like, I watch, just want to look a certain way, I guess. Watch when we're 40, we're going to look back at, our, at ourselves now. And be like, what the fuck were we looking at? And think the same thing we think in our 30s about our 20s. Exactly. And so I guess you, you're you right. It's very subjective sometimes based on the, based on experience and age and looking back, you know, it's retrospective is a really, or looking in retrospect really is, is, is a big deal as well, because you don't realize that, hey, like I actually did kind of look the way I thought that I wanted to look mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but I mean, that's kind of, I mean, where I am now, I mean, you know, like you guys will hear, like I go to the gym, like, you know, it's a week and stuff, sometimes twice. And, you know, and I do my best, but I mean, do I want more from my body? Sure. Um, do I overdo it sometimes at the gym? Maybe not quite. I think I run straight through for a period of time that maybe I could chill out on, but like, you know, it's, it's a stress reliever. So that's great. But um, I think there's still like improvements that I can make for me, you know, and um, it's a, it's, it's a constant journey. Like, you know, I feel like I'll get there. I'll get there. Yes, we would. And we are two men in our, in our, 30s mid 30s yeah and jasper is yeah, soon to be in his 30s i'm a baby, yes. I'm, a baby. I'm the baby i'm 29 y'all i'm the baby in this group you're the baby, baby but you're not a baby stop what is your journey what is your journey through this body yes, debacle well my journey is on the on the diff on the different spectrum because my journey was with um weight you know because as a child, I wasn't like, I wasn't over as a child. I was, a, you know, the average size child. But I hit my weight gain when I was uh, 11, 12. And I, and I noticed, like, like, the weight gain, the dramatic weight gain that I had. And um, the journey from that 11-year-old to, you know, into, into my um, middle school years and high school years was really rough because, you know, my weight, weight struggles have been crazy because I lose, you know, lose weight and gain it, you know, so we go up and down. I'm like trying to figure out, you know, why, you know, I'm having this battle with weight and I was always teased and I always put down and I hate the word fat. The word fat is like, that's a trigger word for me because, mm. 
as you said to me so many times in my entire life. But now I'm like at a point where I'm over it, but I don't like I don't like the word fat because to me it's like just because some I feel like it's just because someone's a little bit bigger. I look at it as thick because it's not, mm-hmm. I look at it as thickness. You know, some people are thicker than others. You know, mm-hmm. some people could some people could use extra meat on their bones. Just saying, and so I you know I had to learn to love myself because at, at some point at, 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 when I was like 13, 14, I actually wanted to um, commit suicide because I had felt so like frustrated with the ridicule and I was being teased even by relatives. Like it was a the constant uh, just the teaching of my weight, and so I got to the point at that point, like, well, if if people are so so disgusted with how I look, and it's always that's the first thing you go to is to call me fat, then I'll just leave everybody alone, and then I just won't be anymore. And so I had to learn how to love myself, and it took me a while to get there. And now I love who I am, and yes, you know, I want to be at a healthy, marvelous weight, and I will get there. But I, I no longer now the pressures of the society to forced me to have to fit this idea of what they consider an ideal weight size because in my mind I was like well the ideal weight for me was like 120 125 30 pounds I'm like but that, I, that yes I'm like but I, me Wait, for your for your height like that's in my weird. mind in oh, my in mind, your mind. Oh, in my God. mind my ideal weight for me as a child was mm-hmm. okay, 125 130 like in my mind but I'm like mm-hmm. physically that that's not that, that that wouldn't look right on me to be that small. Mm-hmm. So I had to realize, like you know, you, you, you just in your mind, you let society and people tell you that you need to be this small, you need to look this way. So you let it kind of uh, affect your thought process on how you look. And I had to realize, you know, that I, I, I'm beautiful. I'm handsome. I, I'm I'm, an, I'm a good-looking individual. And yes, I. I can you can be thick and still be and still be you know nice and still and still look good and still be you know and feel amazing and so I had to the, the gain self confidence because it was definitely broken and I was definitely insecure about my weight you know and you know and I'm not saying that you know you can't be um, healthy and, and and be you know healthy because it's important to be healthy and get a mm-hmm. certain size but I also think that you can be healthy and still be voluptuous you mm-hmm. still can be curvy and still have thickness to you. But still be healthy and, and be in a healthy way. So I had to learn to love myself, and I had to realize, you know what, you're going to get to the weight that makes you happy. Don't let the pressures of society, the pressure of people, tell you what you need to look like or what you should do. Do what you do with the way you know how to do. It. You do it the way you learn how to do it, and just find your comfort in what you want to be. So, um, yeah, my my weight struggles. Um, but it went quite so. I got it quite so up and down. Like it's been a turbulent ride, but. Now at my age, I'm I'm still young, 29. You know, I've learned some <laughs> things, and I've learned how to, you know, and I'm working on that, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. So you know, it's it's, it's a process. You know, I, I I you know just it, listen to you guys. I was like, wow, like they have a whole their their whole situation on a different perspective than mine. Like mm-hmm. mine's more with gaining weight, you know, and 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 you know being a bigger person and and, and considered a bigger person, and you guys are completely different. Uh, it was, you know, listen to you guys like, wow, like, I'm, I'm all by myself on this side of the spectrum on this topic as well. Like, yeah, my show was completely different. I, you know. But I know. think at the same time, like, you're the, the unifying idea. And I hope you don't feel alone in that, like, necessarily, because the unifying idea is that male body image and having a positive overview, having a positive 
having a positivity about your body image is what's important. You know what I mean? And so to me, even though they're on a different spectrum, you're still, it's still speaking from a place of struggle that, that mm-hmm. we've all gone through, you know, on in different ways, you know what I mean? And things that are triggers for all of us. And so I think that's the unifying idea. And it really brings together the idea that, you know, us as men, like, I think people think, people have this like idea that because you are, because you're a man or because you're, you're you're a male that you don't you you are unmoved you know like you're just stone cold and you're unmoved by by anything that's said to you that you don't actually have a deep seated imprint emotionally of of something that's happened to you or any kind of any level of trauma you know what I mean that you've experienced and I think that's supposed to be harder harder than a rock absolutely we're not supposed to feel anything and be sad or be upset or show emotion you know and to me that's like a completely archaic view of of humanity exactly like that's that's a neanderthal view of 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 the human experience in general you know what i mean like that's all a lot of this is you know society and and these social social ideas that men do not experience these things. You know, the statistics you gave that Theo gave earlier, you know, where he talked about like instances of bulimia and anorexia and men, you know, or occurrences of rather. That's, I mean, you know, it might not be the same, it might not be the same percentage as, you know, it occurs in women, but it's something and it's enough to be concerned because the I don't feel like enough people speak about or talk about you know, male body image and the damage that that not only inflicts on us personally, but on our society overall. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, like I, you know, didn't did I've never um, didn't know men even men suffer from bulimia or mm-hmm. anorexia. Like there's something new. I've learned something new tonight because I never I didn't think men ever men suffer from. They mm-hmm. always just always put and always you know. Uh, categorized as a as an illness that affects women, especially in mainly white women. So you never think men or any or any or anyone of color would suffer from that type of disease. So it was, I was shocked to learn, you know, the experience of you know going through bulimia and stuff like that. And, and you brought up like a really good point too, Jasper, and what you just said about you know about like just us not even like certain pieces of things us not even realizing or knowing. And I think a lot of that has to do me, me personally, and you guys, you know, might have a different opinion about it, but I personally think it's because some of these things are underreported in men because they're not perceived as an eating disorder or it's not perceived that way when it's a male. I think the same thing goes for, you know, people of color. I think there's underreporting in that, you know, so then we're kind of led to believe that these occurrences are more often in females and that most of those females are Caucasian when in actuality, if more accurate reporting and a wider set of it was done, you might find that there's way more occurrences in people of color, both male and female than we think. Or than we even and think. also and, 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 and to that, that, that's why I believe that that is true. And that's mm-hmm. why 
I was never helped. That's why I was never given. You know, I'm not saying this once I get poor, you know, poor Theo. No, but that's true. Poor man. I'm just, you know, these are just the facts. And then, you know, this is just my experience. Um, Because when I was 16, 17 years old, I mentioned this. Mm-hmm. And no, and everyone just dismissed it. And that this is not unique to me. This is very common for a lot of males because there are a lot of labels and expectations that are placed on males. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, the way you're supposed to act, the way you're supposed to think, you know, some things that don't impact you. Like, oh, you're depressed. You're a man. Get over it. Depression, depression is for faggots. Depression is for ladies. So depression is for something that's considered weak and second class. Like, you know, eating disorders, body dysmorphia, being sad, getting depressed, impacts everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's the message that people need to, need to deliver. Instead of hammering into people's heads saying, oh, that's a girl thing. That's a boy thing. Mm-hmm. It's an all of us thing. It's a people, everyone who's living a life and is on this road experiences everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, you know. We experience everything. That's, that's, that's true, you know. So it, it needs to be more people need to, you know, just think of conversations and need to be had and people need to, you know, kids and adults need to be able to have these conversations with, you know, and, and be open and be received mm-hmm. and get help and not be ignored. Because it's definitely a problem when it's turned away and ignored. It becomes a long-term of illness or a long-term effect mentally, physically on, on you know, on anyone. Absolutely. And again, this is trauma that I, um, you know, I, I don't know if society or whoever, this is trauma that I view that I inflicted to myself mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I slipped through the cracks. And even at 36 years old, I sometimes, you know, I, you know, just when you think that you've worked through something, I notice that my relationship with food is really weird. Like, when we're going to family events, I get a little bit of anxiety because I know there's going to be a lot of food there. Mm-hmm. And the expectation is going to be that you have to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, going out to restaurants is a, it like triggers my anxiety because I know that we're going to have to go and eat. Mm-hmm. So food to me now became not a time to be festive. And I remember telling a therapist that, that I feel like everything we do and we celebrate there's always food and present and why is food always part of the equation? Mm-hmm. And I'm triggered sometimes in a negative way. And I have to, and I, I'm, I have to be cognizant and be aware of my triggers because I have to tell like Theo Negro, sit down, relax. It's food. It's not about the food. It's about the time you're spending. It's about the quality time with your family, with your friends or whatever. And, and then you're just so happy to have, I don't know if that makes sense. It makes, it makes sense. sense. You know, it makes sense, and you know, you, you just you, you can watch everybody else eat, and you don't, you know, so you do the, and, and you can just watch. You know, what I'm saying you don't have to eat. I, those for you, so it's a different situation. So with food for you, you know, it's it's, it's a trigger in a way. So you like, you know, with your relationship with food, so you feel like food can be overwhelming to have food. You know, because I know when you go to a family event, it's like an overwhelming quantity of food. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine you going into a party or a space and you see all this food. And you really don't have a your relationship with food is kind of different. So mm-hmm. it, you know, and you've seen all this food on a platter of food and you and you kind of try to avoid it. But I mean, you know, do do you when you go to go to your family function, do you just do you sit and watch everyone so do you sit and not eat anything or do you get something? Oh, can you imagine? No, 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 no. I don't want to be awkward. 
I don't know. I heard, I, well, you know what it was before? I, I was able to eat fine. But you know what I had? I had my detox tea. Oh. And I the anxiety came up more now that I no longer have that outlet. So I would eat up a storm, but I knew that at the end of the day, I will have me two tea bags of this detox tea, and I will wake up in the morning, and you know what happens when you detox? Mm-hmm. It'll, be like I, it'll be like I never ate nothing. And that's exactly what was happening. I, my body was constantly not eating everything, mm-hmm. was not getting the nutrients it needed. I'm surprised that I still have all my pearly whites and that my skin... <laughs> And my bones are fine mm-hmm. because that's how excessive I was about it. But and that's what's bringing the anxiety that I no longer have to have the detox tea to lean on, and that I have to also be mindful about what I eat. I have to, you know, all these things that you know makes no sense to some people. But then that that's what makes it a quote unquote disorder. It makes you know because it, it's like that was a security blanket so then oh, now yeah. it provides or or provide a, a security blanket but now it's like that extra like oh okay wait a minute so now i have to i have to occupy a part of my like a part of my my brain or headspace has to be occupied by okay what am i eating what am i taking into my body like on a more on a more heightened level than yep. with it right i hear that but yeah, so you, you had so like so like Isaiah was saying, there was your conference security blank, so now you have to go in there kind of naked and mm-hmm. kind of face it head on without the security blanket of that tea. Right. So you know, it, it, it's challenge. You're being challenged every day mm-hmm. with this journey, but you're doing well. I mean, you because if you was eating early, you was eating at school, you was tearing it up, so you can eat. We know that. No, I was a hungry motherfucker. That's what I <laughs> And, and that's the thing, and it's going to be a challenge for the rest of my life. And I think for and the, you know the different stages that we are in, I think it's going to be a challenge always. Jasper's going to be a challenge for you in terms of your um, you know losing the weight. It's going to be a challenge for you, ja- um, Isaiah, for you know to have that positive image of yourself and be you know satisfied where you are. Is a constant struggle. Is a constant constant working. Absolutely. Yeah. We're gonna we're we're gonna overcome it all, but we're gonna keep doing what we need to do to face the head on. We, we're not going to let the, this, our, our struggles overtake us. You know, In the name of Black us. Jesus. In the yeah. name of Black Jesus. Yeah. I think the important to like take away is also that for, you know, for men listening, it's okay to talk about your relationship with your body, your relationship with food, and it's okay to voice that out loud. You don't have to not talk about it because there's some type of machismo attached to not talking. There about we go. It. Talk about it because and that's what we're talking you know, about. It exactly. And talk because about it with men, your guy friends. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. But, but men should be comfortable. We're sharing our stories, not so that you can feel sorry for us and woogle woogle. It's because <laughs> it should be very common for men to be able to speak about these things. Mm-hmm. And also get the help that you need. You don't have to suffer in silence. Yes, and not be judged. Don't be suffering. Don't suffer in your toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. And also don't care about what, don't don't care so much about seeking help for things that that you need help to get through. I think that's a big thing. You know, people feel like there's some type of shame attached to it because they're going to receive some type of judgment. 
And that's obviously one of the shitty things about our society, but it's important to know that there's resources, there's people to talk to, talk to your doctor, talk to your guy friends, because the thing too is if you share something with them nine times out of 10, they might share something with you that you had no idea about. You didn't even realize they were going through something like this. And maybe you're going through the same thing. Yes. It's okay. Guys out there, it's okay. We all have, we got, guys, we have feelings. So it's okay to, to, to open up to your friends and share what you're going through. You don't have to be all up. It's okay. Yeah. To but you know, there is a national things. eating disorder hot, uh, association hotline mm-hmm. or helpline that um, anyone can call, men, women, um, uh, 1-800-931-2237. They offer support Monday through Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and Fridays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can expect to receive support, information, referral, guidance about treatment options for you or a loved one. So, you know, there's help out there. You can speak to a friend. You can go to your doctor. You can speak to your nutritionist. You can speak to your therapist. Mm-hmm. And all of the above is what helped me to be where I am today. Because I chose to not suffer in silence and um, face the reality of what it is that I was facing, you know, what I was going through. Mm-hmm. Instead of denying it and living in this toxic masculinity realm. That if I didn't do what I did, I would be dead today. Mm-hmm. If I was still purging today, I will have no intestines left. That is true. That is true. And my doctor and my therapist had to tell me that and had to force me to see because I'm, you know, I can be very stubborn. Let me tell you. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And I would have been stubborn to the grave. Oh yeah! It, so but true. it wasn't is it wasn't easy work to cross that um, barrier, and it is and but it's smoother now because of those tools that I got to navigate this you know this issue or this disorder mm-hmm. that I have because I have to call a thing a thing, and I have an eating disorder. That's something that I'm constantly working on because mm-hmm. sometimes I have my family members because I'm always telling you know. Um, I have a nickname my family calls me and they always tell me, you know, Hey, you know, you're not eating today. Oh, this is the first meal for the day. Like, wow. How can you do that? And sometimes I'm like, how can I do that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it's, cause it's not normal. It's not normal to eat one meal a day. And once again, and I also think it's a very privileged thing for me to be able to say that I don't want to eat or that I have an issue with food or that I purge. Because there are people in this country and outside of this country that don't have meals only once a week, once a month. I'm glad you say that. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because the, this, it is really a conversation of as, as much as, you know, I want to emphasize and stress like how important this is. It is really important to also state that this is a conversation of privilege. Yep. You know what I mean? It is. It is. You know, people aren't kids, and kids are, are you know, kids and people around the world are, you know, they're they're lucky to get, like you say, one meal a day. So you mm-hmm. know, it's it's, it's a we we are privileged to be able to even share our experiences, knowing that we have we're comfortable, we can afford these things. So you know, just absolutely, mind. So 
Absolutely. Um, Theo, do you want to share that phone number one more time so that um, our listeners don't have to suffer in silence? Please do not the suffer. Nash, National Eating Disorder Association helpline is 1-800-931-2237. And there's another hotline called Hope Line Network. You can call them at 800 442 Four six seven three, and it was brought to you by Theo Fox. <laughs> oh my God, Jasper! <laughs> Jasper, I'm gonna cut that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Well, thank you, everybody. Thank, thank you, you for everyone. you know allowing us to be able to share our stories and being vulnerable, and you guys hearing and listening and being supportive. Absolutely, and again, I say. Do not suffer in silence. Yes, don't suffer. Use Until your voice. Until next time. Absolutely. Later. 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 You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter. But I see it in you, so we gon' walk it out Move mountains We gon' walk it out and move mountains And I'll rise up, I'll rise like the day Silence is in quiet And it feels like it's getting hard to breathe And I know you feel like dying But I promise we would take the world to its feet Move my days Bring it to its feet That we have each other